Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And if you hit play, wherever that is, you have found Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning podcast as a part of the Behind the Steel Curtain Podcast Network. It is Friday, folks. We've done it. We are here. Congratulations. And what do we have a show for you today? And we're talking quarterbacks. I mean, who doesn't love to talk about quarterbacks? I don't care if it's free agent quarterbacks, NFL draft, quarterbacks, Quarterback trades, quarterbacks. I love quarterbacks. I mean, who doesn't love quarterbacks? We're going to be talking a lot about quarterbacks and the Pittsburgh Steelers' best-case scenario for that position. But before we do that, I need to remind you, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Make sure you check it out. Great content all around, updated multiple times a day. BehindTheSteelCurtain.com is a part of SB Nation. Also, this podcast network that I keep pumping up, it's a network, folks. It's like our own station Morning, noon, and evening, we've got you covered with all your black and gold podcast information and news wherever you get your podcast, Just search Steelers at Behind the Steel Curtain, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Anchor, Pandora, wherever, and you'll find us. And do whatever you have to do so that you get updated with all of the latest shows. We have some new shows out there. We Run the North on on Sundays, I believe. Also, Bad Language with Brian Anthony Davis. Check those out as well as all of our other content, our morning shows, noon shows, PM shows. You know the drill. Not just Let's Ride. It's all of them. I think you'll enjoy them. So give them a listen. You won't regret it. All right. Let's talk quarterbacks. Because who doesn't? Like I said, who doesn't love talking about quarterbacks? I don't care if you're talking about quarterbacks of the past, quarterbacks of the present, or potential quarterbacks of the future. What we're going to iron out for you today is the best case scenario for the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback room. All right. So, Keep in mind, this is going to be talking about a lot of different things, not just the upcoming NFL draft, potential free agents, players signed, players already on the roster. All of that's going to be dissected and deciphered, so make sure you buckle up and pay attention. Let's go over, first and foremost, the current depth chart. We know Mitchell Trubisky has been signed, free agent, two-year deal. Mason Rudolph, he's on a one-year deal. He's there. Dwayne Haskins, also one-year deal, and that is it. That's it. I had someone on Twitter hit me up the other day and said thought that Joshua Dobbs was on the roster. He's not. He is not on the roster. So with that being said, as Brian Anthony Davis always says, with that being said, you have to ask yourself, what is the depth chart going to look like once the draft is over 
and off-season workouts, whether it's rookie minicamp, mandatory minicamp, OTAs, start showing up. Well, first, I think we need to kind of break down the options, and then I'm going to give you what I think my best-case scenario is for the Pittsburgh Steelers as they head into the draft and after the draft, what I would want this Uh, what I want this quarterback room to look like. And this is just my opinion, so take it for what it's worth, but this is what I think. When you talk about the NFL draft, and and everything this week has centered, at least with the Steelers, has centered around the quarterbacks. Mike Tomlin, Kevin Colbert, uh, Mike Sullivan, the quarterback's coach, Matt Canada. I even heard that Art Rooney II was out on the recruiting trail. Like, what the heck is going on? Still, this was a big week for quarterbacks. Monday was Kenny Pickett. At Pitt, they didn't have to go far for that one. Tuesday, Malik Willis in Liberty. Wednesday was Matt Coral in Ole Miss. Thursday was Desmond Ritter at Cincinnati, and they were at all of them. They were at all of them. Mike Tomlin's taking them out to dinner. He's there. They're smiling. They're getting along. It's all great. Everyone's talking about it. I decided to put these in tiers. Okay, so I, I kind of tiered out these quarterbacks. Tier 1, Tier 2, and then Tier 3. Tier 3 could be lengthy if you want to go into some of the more obscure quarterback names entering the draft. So Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis are the only two quarterbacks I have in Tier 1. Okay, those are the only players, in my opinion, that I would justify spending a Round 1 draft pick on. The only two. Then you have Desmond Ritter, Matt Coral, and Sam Howell all in the second tier. So now we're talking about a potential day two pick. That's rounds two or three. And then you have the third tier, and now we're talking day three picks. We're talking Carson Strong, Bailey Zapp, someone like that. And that's a day three pick. We're talking rounds four through seven. And so you're looking at the NFL draft, and a lot of people are expecting the Steelers to make an aggressive play for one of these quarterbacks. Mainly, I mean, if you listen to most people, it's Malik Willis. But at the same time, I think it's worth noting that Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert have not shown any extra attention to Malik Willis this past week. They were there with Kenny Pickett. They were there with Matt Coral. They were with Desmond Ritter. Nothing was different with Willis. Willis talked about his dinner with Mike Tomlin and how they had chicken wings. But other than that, it's been the same. So I don't think there's any, any way that anyone can indicate that, oh, they did this when they didn't do that for this player. So keep that in mind. So that's some of the draft picks that are potential landing spots for the Steelers, meaning these players, one of the players I just named, could end up being that fourth arm on the Steelers' depth chart. And they have other options, though, too. They could go the free agent route. Now you're saying, well, Jeff, they already got Trubisky. What else do they need? Well, let's say they decide not to draft a quarterback. Let's say they say, well, we're going to address other needs in the draft and we're going to just try to find another journeyman quarterback, bring him in, let him compete for a backup job, and that's it. And so some of the quarterbacks that are still out there in free agents, as of this being recorded, we have Ryan Fitzpatrick, Andy Dalton, Cam Newton, Blaine Gabbard, Mike Glennon, A.J. McCarron, Joshua Dobbs, and there's some other names on that list as well that I didn't list. And so none of those names are really awe-inspiring, None of those names are going to make you sit up in your seat and say, oh, wow, we could get that guy? It's not that kind of list. But that's an option, and that is an option. That's what we're talking about now. We're talking about the options the Steelers have. So now you get into this, well, what is the best-case scenario for the Steelers? 
How do they fill out the depth chart? Because Kevin Colbert has said it now multiple times. They want that fourth arm for the – they always have four quarterbacks on the roster. That's how Devlin Duck Hodges got, a, got an invite. He was that fourth quarterback option. And so it was just someone that could just throw the ball. They didn't have to have their – at that time, Ben Roethlisberger throwing the ball that much in the offseason. So what is my Jeff Hartman's best-case scenario? Let's go over it. In my best-case scenario, I do not have the Steelers taking a quarterback in round one. They just, they just don't do it. Whether I really do hope. My hope is that Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett go in the top ten. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I hope it does. I don't think the Steelers have any interest in trading up into the top 10, and so therefore those options would be off the board, and the Steelers would say, okay, we're going to go another route. That's what I hope. Now, day two is an option. Day two is certainly an option. You look at like the Ritters, Corals, Howes, they're probably still on the board on day two. And so you're looking at maybe maybe they could do that, but I don't want them taking a quarterback in round one. I really, honest to goodness, don't. Now, if you don't draft a quarterback at all, I think that is fine. That is absolutely fine. Now, you could take an undrafted free agent. I think some of the there, there, there are the Brock Purdies out there from Iowa State who could come in and just be a camp arm, or maybe it's one of those free agents that I mentioned. Uh, maybe it's a Joshua Dobbs again, and that would be your fourth camp arm, and that would be fine. But I think if you don't draft a quarterback, I'm not freaking out over it. Because in my opinion, I want competition at quarterback. I want there to be competition, not at the starter. I think Trubisky is the guy. I think Trubisky's the guy, and I think that the Steelers, I think they owe it to themselves, considering the move that they made, to at least give him a shot. And to give him a shot without having to look over his shoulder. And think about if they get Malik Willis. I'm not going to complain about the pick. I'm not going to be mad at the pick. But if they get Malik Willis, now all of a sudden you're thinking, okay, Trubisky doesn't even have a legitimate shot at really being the guy and being that leader when there's a young guy behind him waiting in the wings. I think they he he deserves to get a shot. And you might say, Jeff, what does he deserve? He had a shot in Chicago, and he didn't take, take advantage of it. I think that he deserves to get a second chance. I'll put it that way. So Trubisky gets a shot, and this is when the Steelers build up the freaking team around him. So you spend your draft capital on positions of need that aren't quarterback. You build up the line. You build. You, you maybe get some, you get some wide receivers, get some targets for whatever quarterback is throwing the football. You fill out the secondary and the defensive side. You start getting younger along the defensive front. You draft a thumper at inside linebacker. You do those things to build up the team. Because remember, I said that for me, I did a podcast a while ago, and it was all about, well, how long is it going to take the Steelers to return to championship caliber? And I said two to three years, and I I stand by that. That doesn't mean they're not going to be competitive. That doesn't mean they're not going to make the playoffs. What I'm talking about is how long is it going to take the Steelers to say, we are going to compete with every single team in the league, not just the division, not just the conference. We can beat everyone. We can go win the Super Bowl. And I say two to three years. I mean, think about it. Trubisky has a two-year deal. So if you lean on Trubisky, at least in 2022, give him the shot that I talked about, build up the roster around him, and then maybe in 2023 you draft a quarterback and you say, okay, Trubisky, we know what he can do. We saw it. Maybe, just maybe, it is still an option that Trubisky does extremely well. 
And so what if Mitch Trubisky actually shows a tremendous amount of promise to the point where the Steelers say, I think we might have found something here. Maybe we don't need to go out and draft a quarterback right now. Maybe we stumbled upon this guy who was kind of like a hidden gem that was cast aside by the Bears, a year off did him well in Buffalo, and he's the guy. Now, I'm not predicting that that's going to happen, but my best case scenario to recap, they don't draft a quarterback in round one. Day two's an option, but honestly, I'd be fine if they didn't draft a quarterback at all. Build up the rest of the roster. Let's see what they can do with Mitch Trubisky at quarterback. And if it doesn't work out, but you build up the rest of the roster... In 2023, you know where you're going with that first overall pick. You know where you're headed. I think that's just that's just what I think the best case scenario is. So the current depth chart, the added fourth arm, it could be a free agent, it could be a late round pick. It could if they take a Desmond Ritter in round two, I'm not going to be upset because I think Ritter's a project anyways. And so you would still get to see what you have in Trubisky, but still. I do not want the Steelers to take a quarterback in round one. And I know on Wednesday, I had a question about it in my mailbag, and I said, my gut tells me they're going to take Malik Willis, and they're going to be aggressive. But I just, like I said, my gut changes all the time. That might be what my gut felt that day because of all the news coming from Liberty in the pro day. But I just really hope it doesn't happen. And I don't think it's going to happen. A lot of people are expecting them to trade up. And this is going to lead us into my random thoughts. Every Friday, I do random thoughts in case you're new, a new listener to the program. And so you look ahead in 2023, that NFL draft, they only have six draft picks. Now, if you haven't figured it out yet because of the spending spree, not spending spree, but they, they were on a free agent frenzy in the first week. They're not getting a comp pick, folks. This isn't 2022, but they're like, oh, well, we lost Bud Dupree and we lost this player, that player. And we were, yeah, we're probably going to get a comp pick. And they did. They're not getting a comp pick next year. I find it really hard to believe that they're going to sell future draft capital away when they value it that much, when they just don't have it. They just don't have it. Now, maybe they trade this year's draft capital. That's a possibility. When you think back to the the trade with with Devin Bush and the Denver Broncos moving up to 10, I just don't see it happening. I just don't see him making that trade up. I don't, not with only six picks in 2023. Speaking of trading, is trading away the future really the best way. This is the way the NFL is trending. I don't get it. I really don't. You see the trade with Tyree Kill and the Dolphins. I I don't know if you realize this, that the Kansas City Chiefs have like 12 draft picks this year. Now, the Steelers have been there. They've accrued a lot of picks before, and and you can't keep them all. You really can't. But at the same time, that gives them some ammunition to make moves, trade up if they want players. They have the picks to do it. I I just don't... This this offseason has just been absolutely bonkers when it comes to the way the teams are handling their draft capital, the way they're handling their strategy. And it's a... Maybe it's just the Rams. Maybe it's like the Ram effect. Maybe it's what we should call it. The LA Ram effect. Sell it. Sell the farm to win now. Maybe that's what the... If that's what the future is, I don't like it. I still believe in the Steelers method. A lot of people don't like it, but I do. Build it from within build a consistent winner you're going to have a winner for a long time next uh random thought what's up with the athletes in these stupid cryptic tweets gosh i i don't understand it i really don't uh, these athletes uh they go on social media and they'll just put out stupid sayings or stupid emojis can we knock it off and as a fan that that really turns me off like if you got announcements to make make an announcement if you don't keep your mouth shut you want to tweet about something else like March Madness go ahead I'm not telling you what to tweet about but these stupid cryptic tweets I could take it and you 
No, I'm not going to take it. Get him out of here. Hate it. Last, it seems like the Steelers, in terms of free agent acquisitions, have hurried up to slow down. It reminds me, you know, when I drive, especially since I had children, um, I, I'm, I'm not a crazy driver. I, I'm, I'm not speeding all over the place. I'm not trying to create an accident. I'm not trying to get in an accident, especially when I have the kids in the car. Um, that's just not me. And so I'm the guy that I, I always laugh hysterically when um, I'm driving down the road and someone flies by me and then we end up being at the red light right behind each other. And that's kind of what the Steelers felt like. It's kind of felt like that last week was like a hurry up to slow down. They haven't made any moves in a long time. And it feels like a long time, but it's last week was so crazy and hectic and chaotic with almost one move a day at least. Well, now everyone's waiting around like, well, what are the Steelers doing? Aren't they supposed to be doing something? Be patient. I think there's still moves on the horizon. Be patient. Maybe there'll be a new move before you even listen to this podcast. And it's just, uh, it has happened already. We'll see. And the last one is the offensive leaders. It was a question I get asked a lot um, on my Wednesday mailbag segment. Who's going to be the leader on the offense? You know, with Ben Roethlisberger retired, that's such a young group. Now, you expect that, you expect the quarterback to be a leader. It's just natural. It comes with a position. Doesn't mean every quarterback is a natural-born leader. I mean, heck, I've stated openly on this podcast multiple times that I thought Ben Roethlisberger was not a good leader for the vast majority of his career. Not until probably the last five or six years did he actually find a methodology and a way of leading that... I think people wanted to follow. And so when you think about it, who are the offensive leaders? Well, I'll tell you what. I, I, was, I wrote an article for BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. You can check it out. It's still on the page. It was published on Thursday in the afternoon. I think James Daniels could be a leader. The way that guy talks, shoot. He's not a rah-rah guy. He's a, I'm going to outwork you in the weight room. You're going to know exactly what I'm about. And you better follow and get in line because we're going to go and do this thing. I love it. I freaking love it. If it's a new guy... Let, yeah, do it. Mitch Trubisky, do it. Let's see it. Let's get some new leaders. And Najee Harris can't do it by himself, folks. He can't do it by himself. He needs some other leaders. So there you go. All right. Hey, Blue Check Pack's coming up. Make sure you stay tuned after the break. And after Blue Check Pack, make sure you stay on for a very special heart-to-heart. Something happened to me uh, recently I want to talk about. So uh, we'll be right back after this break. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it's the second part of the show. It's a Friday. You know what that means. Blue Check Beck is here to talk all things NFL, Pittsburgh Steelers, football related. Michael, how's it going? Oh, I'm great, Jeff. How are you? I'm actually doing pretty good. And I wanted to talk to you last week. You know, we were diving headfirst into quarterback stuff, NFL draft, and we didn't really even talk about the NFL too much in, in, the, in terms of the broad spectrum of the league. I want to get your thoughts on a couple things. First and foremost, I mean, you see these trades that are happening whether it's uh, Devontae Adams to the Raiders, whether it is Deshaun Watson to the Browns, or even most recently Tyreek Hill to the Dolphins. What in the world is going on in the National Football League where it just seems like selling the farm for that one or two particular players is the current trend? Do you think that this is the future, or do you think this is just kind of what people are doing right now? Yeah, like to to answer the first part, I think – 
teams are looking at what the Rams did and saw that they won a Super Bowl for it. And even the Bengals having one great offseason, taking them to a Super Bowl, essentially. Um, do I think this is going to be a trend, though? I, I think it's going to be a short-term thing until it starts to bite these teams in the butt and all these other teams with a ton of draft capital will pass them in, like, three, four years. I don't think it's going to be uh, anytime soon. Like, I think the good teams are going to be pretty darn good for at least the next two seasons. Um, but uh, I, I think it'll be a pretty sharp uh, change in direction once uh, these uh, draft picks kind of start to come into play here. So, with that being said, though, as a Steelers fan watching the other teams the AFC go crazy, I, I kind of wish we were playing in the other conference this year. You feel like yeah. you'd have a chance, but... Yeah, no, it's been insane, Jeff. What do you think about the Browns? I mean, they gave up so much for Deshaun Watson. I mean, and this is a division thing, so we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more in depth. I mean, we're talking about, correct me if I'm wrong, three first-round picks, two seconds, and then there was this two-week-later, oh, there's another fourth thrown in that I wasn't even aware of. <laughs> Just yeah. an insane amount of draft capital. And here's a guy that, at least in 2022, is probably facing some form of suspension. I, I don't know if Ben Roethlisberger in 2010 was setting the the bar. We'll put it that way in terms of no criminal charges yet still getting suspended. He was suspended six games and got it reduced to four. So I think it's safe to say Deshaun Watson's going to get suspended. Do, do you think that the Browns are doing this the right way? I mean, or do you think that this is kind of a, a very Cleveland thing? We'll put it that way. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it definitely feels very Cleveland. Uh, I feel like this is one of those things you don't rush. Um, and, of course, the Browns just went out and did exactly what they shouldn't have done. But, like, with the Browns on top of it, too, just, like, the amount of draft capital, like, either he actually does come and, like, if he's the talent that he was in 2020, he's easily the best quarterback they've ever had. Um, does a year off and per perhaps more with the suspension make Deshaun Watson a worse player? There's a pretty good chance he he's going to have a considerable amount of rust on him. So, this could backfire for the Browns. Like this is either their move that's going to make them a legit contender finally, or it's going to like set them back another decade and maybe longer than that. Like I feel like that's the impact, the ramifications of this trade for the Browns. Uh, if I was them, I probably would have waited. Um, I, I know Houston was kind of starting to push to get that deal done. Um, I, I also don't know about that contract. Like, my oh my, the the Browns are banking on this guy, making him one of the highest paid players in football, giving him a contract extension, even though he was already on a big ticket deal. Pretty crazy to me. Um, obviously, the next few weeks and months and really years, I guess, is going to dictate how all this plays out. But for right now, of course, the Browns roster on paper, it, it's kind of scary. But uh, there is still a pretty high potential that this absolutely backfires and kills him. I'm sorry, but maybe I'm wrong here, but I, I never thought of Deshaun Watson as the upper tier, the upper echelon type quarterback. I, I never have. Even before, I felt he was injured often, and then the off-field stuff came along. Uh, am I alone there? Because, I mean, when I'm thinking about the top-tier guys in that era that you just mentioned prior to him being, you know, missing a year, I never would have put him in that top tier. Do you Do you think he's that type of quarterback? I honestly did. Uh, like in 2020, I, I was starting to call him a so top five. You're putting five. him with Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and the elite of the elite. You're putting him in that category. Uh, before his uh, sabbatical, yeah, I think he was he was knocking okay. on the door. Like top five, 
probably not. I like was he number six knocking there? I I, I think he was. I, I honestly do like his athleticism, his ability to drive the ball downfield accurately. Like I I think he's a real talent. So he has the potential to be one of those top guys, at least in my mind. It's gonna be. I mean, the AFC, like you had mentioned, is just absolutely insane. I've never seen teams and players and free agents flocking to one conference like this as long as I can remember. Um, and you have these, it has a ripple effect. And I think that eventually it will actually kind of even itself out. But I mean, people ask about Tom Brady and, and Aaron Rodgers. And all, you'd be foolish if I were a quarterback and Tom Brady saying, well, why wouldn't he go back? I mean, it's, it's a situation where he, heck, at this point in time, the NFC South has basically decided. Like, just give him the, give, give Tampa Bay the NFC South championship, let him go into the playoffs. Can you remember a time when these conferences were so uneven? Oh, no. Uh, like, I, I think I even wrote about it. it. Like, I think the AFC is might be the strongest conf- conference talent-wise ever. And the NFC is arguably the worst maybe ever. Like, it, it is insane right now, the discrepancy. But the funny thing is, uh, getting through the AFC playoffs, you're probably going to be beaten down by the time you get to the Super Bowl. So I don't know. I feel like I might start betting on the favorites out of the NFC uh, for next year's Super Bowl title. It's it's crazy. And I think maybe in the mid nineties, because I remember when the Steelers played the Cowboys, the right. AFC NFC, it was the other way. Everyone said the NFC was just so good and the AFC were a bunch of scrubs. So definitely a little bit different, a little bit different for sure. So let's talk about some Steelers. That's what most people want to tune in and, and hear us talk about. So when you talk about the Steelers, and you talk about the fact that they are um, the things have calmed down. We'll put it that way. They have calmed down. We all expected by the I think we talked about this last Friday that the next time you'd be on, they, there would be another move made. And, and really, outside yeah. of uh, Gunner, <laughs> I can't even say his last name. Uh, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to try. Gunner, the punter being signed. Gunner, oh, there you go. Uh, I, where's the safety, Michael? I mean, that that's what I want to know. Where is the safety? First of all, that move has to happen. I, I've been talking about that like crazy, but there's no way that they don't sign a safety before the draft. Like that would that would boggle my mind if they didn't make that move. Um, obviously, Terrell Edmonds has his cryptic tweet come out uh, about like uh, like leveling up and changing his profile picture out of a Steelers uniform. So whatever that means, who knows? Uh, but which, by the way, since you brought that up, I'm glad you said that. I, I think I, I'm blocked by Terrell Edmonds for something. I don't I don't oh, understand it. I couldn't see the tweet. Someone had quote tweeted. I think it was like Chris Adamski of the Tribune Review. And I was like, well, wait a second. Why can't I see Terrell Edmonds tweet? And it turns out I, I think I'm blocked. I think he <laughs> blocked me. I cannot believe that. What the heck did I do to that guy? But I got blocked. Anyways, I didn't. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Oh, no, like to, to jump on that tangent, too. I always love when players block you when you like never tweet at them or say anything like <laughs> the guys that search their own names. And then they're like, oh, you said something mean about me because I played bad. Block. Yeah, like, well, oh, yeah, oh. that was probably me then. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but who's going to search their own name? Ugh. Anyway, I, I could talk. Hey, there's there's some that. shock jock in Pittsburgh that does that a lot, by the way, <laughs> in all, case all you the, didn't what you, you know, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, strong safeties. Um, yeah, no, I think the Steelers need to make a play. If uh, if it's not Edmonds, like uh, I, I know there's a the guy from Atlanta. I'm blanking on his name uh, that apparently they also showed interest in. But I'm going to keep saying it. I hate bringing up his name so much because people probably think I'm nuts. But like Tyron Matthew, again, they're, like I feel like the market's evaporated for him. And it's just 
there's no teams out there really looking for safety help desperately. And the Steelers have the spot. I think he fits so well. It, to me, it's a no-brainer. And you can make cap space, like Dave Schofield's article about uh, restructuring P.J. Watt. You get that money back and more from whatever you signed Tyron Matthew for. And then you have more spending money for next season, too, on top of it. Like, there are easy avenues to make a, a deal like that work. So, for me, like, I'm just sitting back, like, are, are they waiting for his number to come down? Or, like, what's the deal here? Because there's no way this team can walk into the draft without a safety, another safety on its roster. It's it's so unique, this whole dynamic with Edmonds and Matthew. When you think about the market you brought up, it, it's kind of drying up. And you're thinking about this, you're like, okay, what, what would they be waiting for? Are they waiting for an injury? Are they waiting for a team to swoop in and say, oh, well, we're going to give you more than everyone else? It's there's a part of me that thinks that like Matthew just is trying to make up his mind where he wants to go. That maybe the Steelers said, Hey, this is our best offer. I did hear the Raiders were interested with him. I'm not sure if they still are. Um, there's been a lot of really bad tweets. Like there are accounts that are just not legit out yeah. there that are, you know, Oh, the Steelers and honey badger. I mean, heck even Terrence Garvin, who is turning to <laughs> Terrence Garvin for NFL insider information. I don't know, but even he's out there saying that Honey Badger is going to Pittsburgh. I, I guess my question for you is, what do you think is the best in the long term? Do you think it's to bring back Edmonds, or do you think it would be Matthew? I mean, Matthew's a little bit older, I think. He, he is, he's still just 29, though, to be fair. So he definitely has some, some more game left. Long-term-wise, to me, like, you got to look at this division uh, and conference, too, but division specifically, look at the Bengals receivers. Like, if you bring Terrell Edmonds in there, are the corners good enough? to shut down Jabbar Chase and T Higgins and Tyler Boyd and Hayden Hurst and Joe Mixon. Like the names go on and on with their, their weapons right now. And if Edmonds is back, like I think he's steadily improved throughout his career, but he's still like a slightly above average starting safety. And like, I think some people would argue he's lesser than that. So to me, if you want to be competitive, like you're seeing how these teams are loading up. If the Steelers truly want to be competitive, they have to upgrade this roster at spots. And I think safety is one of them. I, I don't think corner is like, like they might have like a league average corner group right now. Uh, if they draft someone that, that could change its stock a little bit, but average just is not enough when you're facing these teams with these loaded talent groups. Like, I don't know if anyone can shut down Amari Cooper or uh, Jamar Chase, or I don't know, Tyree Kill and the Dolphins now. Like there's just so many good receivers in this division that I, I think for right now, and at least the next couple of years into the future, you bring a Tyron Matthew in and then you have the two best safeties in football, arguably. And like you, you can compete. Your corners don't have to be good. Your defense doesn't have to get to the quarterback every play in less than two seconds to win snaps. So like in that sense, I feel like you have to go for the, for the considerable upgrade. And that's why I'm so high on Matthew right now. Let's stick on the defensive side of the ball. Not so much players, coaches. You know, I listened to your live mic this week. I listened to Jeffrey Benedict this week. Both of you, and, and there's several others that have talked like this. It, this is just kind of your gut instinct and your yeah. gut reaction to this. When you talk about Terrell Austin becoming the defensive coordinator, and then you bring in Brian Flores. And I know Jeffrey, yourself, have both alluded to, well, Flores and Flores defense and the Flores defense – do you think this is going to be almost like co-coordinators co or do you just think Brian Flores is going to have his stamp on things? I'm just curious how you think that dynamic is going to work. No, that's a great question because as we sit here, I 
feel like it, it should be some sort of co-defensive coordinator thing. Uh, Flores, we know how, how good he is uh, working with linebackers and what he was able to do with game plans for the Dolphins when they're playing like uh, Kansas City or Baltimore and actually winning those games, especially that Ravens game where they're sending all that heat. Like his front sudden work is incredible. And Terrell Lawson's best stuff was when he was really focusing on that secondary there in Detroit. Like, I think collectively, they make a great football tandem. If they can work together, like, harmoniously, I, I think I think it'd be great. I think one guy's a genius in coverage, another guy's, like, a genius in attacking quarterbacks and attacking the run game. So I think playing both of those guys off each other is ideal. And you just hope that they don't uh, they don't conflict. But you, you look at the, uh, the designations beside their names, their job titles, like defensive coordinator, and senior defensive assistant linebackers. And, of course, there's also Mike Tomlin in there who uh, dips his hand on the defensive side of the football as well. Of course, a former defensive coordinator in his own right. But uh, I think there's just three great minds there that are going to help this defense. I don't think it's a bad thing having talented coaches at all. But uh, I do think it's going to be a mix. And they're going to have to win with defense. We know that. But let me ask you this question, Michael. If, if As we sit here on this 25th of March... I want to ask you, assuming the Steelers do not take a quarterback in the first round of the NFL draft this week, and this will change. Trust me, this will change. What position do they take in the first round? I don't need names, just a position. <laughs> uh, like, it's funny because uh, if you didn't include the quarterback part, like I'm so set on this team make, taking a quarterback. I feel like it's, like it's just going to happen with the way they've been progressing. But to get to the question itself, if you don't have a strong safety, like Miles Killebrew, are, are you cool with that? Like to me, absolutely not. So uh, yeah, I, I'm looking at that strong safety position and outside of that, if they can sign a player, then there's like four different spots you can go with that pick. But right now until they have a guy, Oh, that is a massive hole. I'm going to go wide receiver. I think they're, <laughs> I think they're going to go wide receiver early. If they don't go wide receiver in round one, I bet they go in round two. I agree. Uh, they, 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 you let Juju Smith-Schuster go. Which, how, what's your feelings on that, by the way? Like, Juju's gone. Like, what, what's your gut reaction to that? At first, it was definitely a bit disappointed. Like, Juju, like, he, his game had to evolve. Like, he was the, the big numbers guy early in his career with the Steelers. Then he kind of was forced into the number one role and he kind of like, like floundered in that spot. But then the last couple of years, like, when he was healthy, at least, like, he was the guy that was catching the ball and was fighting with everything he had to get first downs. And he did that consistently with a bad Ben Roethlisberger and uh, a system that did not give him anything. Like, I don't blame him for leaving at all. Um, I, I think his situation got a whole lot worse in Kansas City now that uh, Tyree Kill's gone. I thought him being able to play the bat or the Robin role to Hill's Batman would have been great for him, but eh, that didn't last very long now, did it? So, yeah, no, it, it hurt a little bit. Uh, like the contract numbers, I, I think he only accounts for 3.75. I think it is with incentives. So for that number, like, yeah, it, it, it is tough to lose a player of that caliber. Someone that fights for everything. Um, but uh, I think it might also signify like a new era in the receiving core because the Steelers still only have like two legit receivers on roster. So I expect some big changes there in the coming weeks. When the news first came out, it was supposed to be a $10 million deal. Yeah, and everyone's like, "Wow! Like, no wonder he didn't stay in Pittsburgh. Like, Pittsburgh's not matching that. Last year they gave him one eight eight million for one year. Well, then it comes out that it's all incentive laden, three point seven five, which tells me the Steelers didn't want him back. 
Now, no. it was reported uh, on the saw on Twitter. I think it was Dayon Kovacevic said that Juju Smith-Schuster's knee is still not right and that he had to have it drained like once a week. And oh. I still think that the injuries were a big deal with him. And yeah. you think about last year. But then just recently, as, as Thursday evening, I see on Twitter someone had a TikTok of Juju dancing in his cheese jersey. And I was like, you know what? I don't miss that part at all. <laughs> I do not yeah. miss that part at all. Like, I just don't. I really don't. I don't know. There's something about people that set their phone up and do little dances in front of it that I just cannot. And it's my age. I get it. I'm almost 40. Anyways. All right, Michael. Let's get you out of here. Final thoughts for Ryder Dyker. What do you think? Oh, a week from now, if we don't have a strong safety, you might have to call out that uh, bridge patrol again, Jeff. But uh <laughs> Oh man, oh man, they need they need to address that position, ladies and gentlemen. I, I'm just I'm refreshing Twitter as fast as uh, each and every one of you are, uh, in hopes that they address the spot. Um, so uh, fingers crossed that they get something done. But um, as always, uh, just stay locked to the website. Like it, this is still an exciting time for Steeler fans. I, I don't think this team is done. So once again, thank you for having me on, Jeff. No problem. Thanks for your time, and we will see you next Friday. Take it easy. Yeah. See you then. All right. And a big thank you to Michael Beck for always taking the time. I always do appreciate him and his insights. It's fun to have him on every single Friday. He's a great member of the team. I appreciate everything that he does. Let's finish up on Friday as we always do with a heart-to-heart. This one's a this one's a tough one for me, folks. And, you know, for those of my ride-or-die crew, whether you communicate with me on Twitter, you can follow me at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. Um, I feel like we're kind of we're we're family, we're friends, you know. Everyone, everyone that I communicate with, people that email me and say they love the show, I've had people say they've altered their morning routine so they can listen to Let's Ride before work. Hey, that's fantastic! Like my ride or die crew is the absolute best. You know this. I say it all the time. And so sometimes you share personal stories. You know, I know that Dave Schofield he gave me a, a, a lot of crap because on Wednesday I shared Mark Caballi's salary cap tweet instead of his article. And I, I told him that I was flustered. Uh, and the reason why I was flustered was when I got home from work on Tuesday, when I recorded the mailbag segment and the podcast, uh, we have two dogs. Uh, one of them is 17 years old, and he was not well. Uh, I couldn't, he couldn't stand up, um, couldn't really control his bowels. And uh, it, it was rough. It was really rough. And so I... After I, you know, finally we got him situated on a dog bed. He was comfortable. I came downstairs, recorded, you know, I, I don't even know if it was a, that great of a show. Uh, and so for that, I, I might apologize. But uh, um, yesterday, Thursday, uh, my wife and I made the very difficult decision to have him put down. And so uh, for the family, it was tough. You know, it was really tough. My kids, my oldest is 13, youngest is three. And some get it, some don't. You know, it's it's a life. It's, it's, it's a life and, uh, it's a part of your family and anyone that's been, been through that, you understand it, whether it's a dog, cat, lizard, snake, doesn't matter. Um, it was a really tough day and I, I just can think back on uh, Wednesday night or Thursday morning, just feeling so emotionally drained and it's just so weird. Yeah. It's like, there's this, it's just weird. It's, there's like, there's a gaping void right now that has yet to be filled. So uh, I was talking with my wife about it, and I thought that a good way to finish the show is, you know, we look back, and this dog has been with us before we even got married. This year, we'll be married for 15 years, and um, this dog's been through multiple moves, five children added, another dog added to the family, 
And there were times that we didn't really appreciate him. I'll be honest. There's, that's a regret that I have. But at the same time, I, I think that if we all learn something is that, you know, whether it's a dog, whether it's a loved one, a family member you haven't spoken to in a while, give him a call, tell him you love him. Give him a hug. If it's a dog, pet it, show it some attention, take it for a long walk, get it a nice dog treat, and just enjoy it. Enjoy it while they're here because, goodness, the goodbye is just – it's gut-wrenching. It's gut-wrenching. I hate to end the podcast like this on a Friday, but I wanted to, I wanted to give my, my buddy Marley – yeah, a little bit of a little bit of airtime. We'll put it that way. So he was a good dog. I'm gonna miss him. So all right, folks, you know how we finish it out here, as we always do. I'll see you on Monday for a Monday morning conversation. Got a really good show on that one. Make sure you check it out. And as we always say, be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great weekend. Go see you.